Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Let's do this thing. Okay, what the fuckers? How's it going? It's Mark Marin. This is WTF with Mark Marin. I am him. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Steve Ranazizi. He's a comedian who I've uh, I've known for the last year or so. Good guy. He's on that new show called The League on FX. I don't really know him that well, so this is going to be one of those uh, very specific uh, Mark Marin interviews where I learned that everything I thought about somebody was probably untrue, and we get to know each other right here in front of you folks. I want to thank you guys and girls, men, women, people who are a little of both, whatever you are. Thank you for, for heeding the call to find us some new theme music. The entries are coming in, and I have to say a lot of you guys out there are doing some pretty good work at your computers with your guitars and your garage band or whatever sound program you're using. Thank you for doing it. Uh, Keep sending them in. We're going to figure out what to do with them. There's a lot of options. Maybe we'll try a few. Maybe we'll make a contest. Maybe we'll get that organized sometime. I don't know. I want to get a little business out of the way. I hope you're you're doing okay. First off, I just want to say, uh, hold on, hold on. Pow! Oh, my God. I just shit my pants. This coffee is amazing. And you know what? My shit doesn't stink either. How's that grab you? And you want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because I'm drinking just coffee.coop coffee. But as you know, they have the new WTF blend. So I would go to justcoffee.coop. Put WTF in the coupon box and get yourself some of that because it's dark and it's strong and it's good and it's not bitter. It's exactly like me. Dark, strong, good, not bitter, not bitter. But here's what I've been doing because it's wintertime because I had to buy some spices for some dish I made. Now you're going to say, what dish did you make, Mark? I made a spectacular lamb dish in my tagine. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, so I'm sure one of you will correct me. In my Moroccan tagine... I made this lamb with uh, dried uh, dried plums, which is a nice way to say prunes. Uh, and I bought some spices for uh, some tagine cooking, which is what I'm going to get into. And I used to do this with coffee. I don't know if you've had Arabic coffee, but what I do is I take some WTF blend from justcoffee.coop. I put the beans in the grinder. Then I put like five or six cardamom pods. I fill the grinder up with beans to the top. Put five or six cardamom pods in there five or six cloves and break off about an inch of a cinnamon stick and grind all of those things up right into the coffee and then uh, put it in the filter and make it like that. And it's spectacular. It's like a big glass of hot Egypt right in your, in your mouth. Or if you want to go a little more sentimental, a big glass of hot Christmas right in your mouth. Pow! That is exotic. I feel like I just traveled to the Middle East where I stood on the banks of the Red Sea in Sinai and I looked out at Saudi Arabia and said, oh, so that's where the trouble is sometimes, huh? And what am I doing in the Sinai? And how do I have a spiritual moment with all this pressuring down on me? Hold on, let me go to another place. Pow! Oh my God, I'm in Boston, 1986, working in Harvard Square. It's winter. I feel like the world is my oyster. I'm smoking a lot of cigarettes. Maybe I'm a little high and I'm I'm steaming some coffee because I'm a barista at a coffee shop and I'm in love with this girl, Colleen, who I look at longingly all the time but doesn't like me and marry some guy named Peter. All right, that didn't work out either. Hold on. 
Pow! Holy shit. I'm in my garage doing a podcast and I'm 46 fucking years old. Okay, that one's going to have to stick. So let's let's get down to brass tacks. Is there brass tacks? What do I have to say to you people? I think on the last one I said that I was having a hard time giving a fuck about things. That seems to be passing. I seem to I seem to be giving a fuck a little bit more these days and uh, doing some serious what the fucking, but also Oh, God, you want to hear? Oh, shit. You want to hear what the fuck? I'll tell you what the fuck. As some of you who listen to my podcast regularly uh, know the story that I told on here a while back about getting involved with a woman who said she was separated, and then it turns out she wasn't, and then it turns out I got an angry man after me, and then it turns out that that guy chased me in his truck one day, and then it turns out I don't know what the hell to do. And I end up you know, writing them both an email because she sent us both an email and it got crazy and dramatic and weird. So here's what happens a few days ago. I'm in the parking lot. And this is a testament to fucking decent goddamn dude. All right? This guy is a, a decent man. All right? I'm in this parking lot walking into the bank right here where I live. And I hear this mark and I turn around and it's the dude. It, I know him because I saw him in the truck, all crazy and mad and didn't know what he was going to do to me. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, is this going to be some peck and paw shit? Uh, what's going to happen here? Is this some cowboy shit? Is this going down? Are we going to have a knife fight in the Bank of America parking lot? Is someone going to get shot? And I, and I, in these situations, even though I know that I'm not a fighter, even though I know that I may get my ass kicked, I will stand there. And I will, I will take it. I will walk up and man up to this shit and see what happens. Keep open mind, open heart. Where are we at with this? And I go, what's up, man? He goes, yeah, it's me, uh, so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, how are you doing? He goes, look, I'm, I just want to say that, you know, I'm sorry about chasing you down in my truck. You know, because that was fucked up. And, you know, I'm not that guy. I don't do that. It wasn't like me. You know, you understand the situation. I'm like, hell yes, I understand the situation. If in my mind, I'm thinking if I were in your shoes, I don't know what the hell I would have done at at the very least, uh, you know, chase me down in my truck, you know, or, 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 you know, set fire to my mailbox or maybe even hit it with a bat or key your car. But, you know, it could have been anything. So this guy's apologizing to me for being a dick because he says, look, I know we, we know a few common people and I just don't want you to think that's who I am. And I'm like, you know what? I appreciate that. But God, yeah, I understand where you were coming from, given what you went through and, yeah, I hope things are working out or at least tolerable. I know you got a big situation on your hands. He's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, I appreciate it, man. Can you believe that? This dude apologizes to me for chasing me down the truck. That is some manly shit. I couldn't believe it. Wow. I, you know, I'm not capable. I mean, I, maybe I am. Fuck it. Let's move on. A couple of things I want to push, if I could, since it's my show, is the fact that I will be uh, in Seattle January 15th and 16th. I just wanted to put this out there now at laughs in Seattle. I uh, Also this weekend, which would be if you're listening to this show on Thursday the 17th, tomorrow, Friday the 18th of December, we will be doing a live WTF at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater with Sarah Silverman, Paul F. Tompkins, and hopefully Jerry Minor. That is happening. Uh, if you'd like to get reservations to that, go to uh, losangeles.ucbtheater.com. And that's theater spelled with a R-E at the end. Figure it out. Come on down. If there are still tickets left, you can do that. 
I don't know how many more times I'm going to fall for remember me emails. How much spam can I get that's Viagra oriented? And how come I still like, I always think like there's an outside chance. It's like when it says, hey, Mark Marin, I'm like, hey, who could that be? Here's some pills for your pee pee. Or it's like, hey, hey, uh, remember me? Wow. Remember who? Ah, how about some pills for your pee pee? Every time I fall for it, it's ridiculous. I mean, I know now that the ones that are spam, but still every once in a while I find myself there and I don't order any pills. I wanted to tell you people that subscribed how much I appreciate it and how much I'm trying to. I'm almost done getting those t-shirts out. So if you haven't gotten your t-shirt yet, I'm on it. I'm on it. It's going to happen. For you people who want to do the $10 a month rolling subscription, you get a t-shirt, you get some stickers, you get a postcard that I'll sign to you, and you get the joy of knowing that you're helping me make a living without having to suck corporate dick or be screwed in the ass by corporate entities. I'm trying to deliver you the the raw goods, the real deal. I'm laying it down like I see them without any filters. So fuck it, man. Help me out. That sounded desperate. Look, if you can, you know, donate and we'll use the money appropriately. Because I'd like nothing more than to do this for a living. But uh, look, I got to be honest with you. I, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm not even disappointed about where my career is or where you think it is. I am. I couldn't be more happy about what is going on with this podcast. It's making me feel better. And I think in our lives, look, we all have expectations. You know, hell yeah, I wanted other things. Could I have done those things at the time I wanted them? I don't know. Were they were they out of my league or out of my wheelhouse? Some of them. Am I disappointed that some things didn't happen? I guess. I don't really think about it anymore. You know what I think about? Surviving and having some peace of mind, which means I've got to rewire my fucking brain a bit and not be all full of amplified self-pity or entitlement and just actually try to be a little grateful. It's Christmas season. Try a little gratitude. Give a homeless guy a chicken. Yeah, or give him, you know, give him a set of knives or, you know, give him something nice like a, a shaver, you know? Donate some canned food to the canned food drive and give him some good shit. Don't give him that stuff that you don't even know how it got in your cabinet, like that recipe you didn't even use. Like, hey, here's some uh, pumpkin pie filling. How about a little of that? Here are those, uh, here's that, that, uh, that cabbage, can of cabbage that we didn't use in that recipe because we forgot it. How about some, uh, here's a half a bag of pretzels. No, give them something nice. Do something nice for Christmas. I got to do something. I think I'm going to go see my brother and his kids because I don't feel like I know them and I feel like I should uh, at least you know introduce myself every few years to my nieces and nephews. That aside, my friends, that aside, great show today. Do more of that. Check two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you're eight. Pro- you're a professional checker. Yes. You know what you're doing on the mic. <laughs> My old days as a DJ. Were you a DJ? No. I used to be a dancer at one of those DJ things. You know, like they would, the DJ would come to the bar mitzvah and bring two dancers with him to get, get the crowd going. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. You, yeah. You were a dancer? Well, not a dancer. I was uh, outgoing. 
So I would, uh, you know, like get everyone up dancing and. All right, my guest in the studio is uh, in the garage. Is Steve Renazizi? Did I say it right? Yeah, absolutely. I always say it. I always wonder after I say it whether I've said it right. Like when I bring you up on stage. I'm yeah, like, you don't know. Well, no, it's a mess of letters. First of all, the I mean, Z's. There's two Z's, which is unique. You know, well, and difficult to pronounce. Not not only difficult to pronounce, but I couldn't fucking spell it. I had to Google the. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I wanted to make sure I get it right. But what we're finding, Steve is on the show The League, which is on FX, and apparently it's. It's getting popular. It's getting very popular. Yeah, we have a pretty rabid fan base, which really? is cool. Yeah, I mean, out of everything I've done, which is not a lot, but this seems to be the most response that I've gotten from people. Like, well, we've had, Nick Kroll. we've had Nick Kroll on a couple times yep. in different uh, manifestations. Who else, is, who else is on the show? Paul Shear from uh, Human Giant. Yeah, I know him. Rock. He's funny. John Lejoie. Don't who, know. Uh, Another difficult a name. Montreal guy. And yeah. uh, Mark Duplass, who is... I know a writer director, and he directed the movie Hump Day and Baghead. I uh, interviewed Mark Duplass and Josh Leonard on uh, another show. Oh, really? Yeah, they're he's cool nice. guys, right? He's a nice guy. Yeah. So before we get back into the history of how you started in show business, which apparently was as a dancer, um, <laughs> tell me about the. So the show is about a fantasy football league, right? Well, it's five guys that grew up in high school together, okay. went to high school, and now they've they've you know they're in their thirties now, and and the fantasy football league is the thing that kind of ties them together. Uh, but you know, the show, it, it, it's sort of the glue, but it's not directly about fantasy football. If you're not a fan of fantasy football, you'll still get a lot of the jokes and right. But it's um, a guys, it's a guys, it's a guy show. It's a guy show. Yeah. It's Bud Light and direct TV and it's a guy show and there's, there's Judd Apatow humor and, uh, but it's smart. It's well-written. Um, I, I've got to watch it. I'm sorry. I have Yeah. You'll, you'll really, I, I, I have a feeling that it's, it's smart enough, the humor that you'll, you'll enjoy it. It's I'm not, I'm not just, a intellectual I know you're snob, not an elitist, and... but I'm just saying that <laughs> there, there are, there are, there's one, we're allowed one fart joke a week. That's what I'm saying. So. Is that on a board somewhere in the back? No. Where it says one fart joke only. How much? Do you know it... we're not allowed to say, we could say cock and we can't say cocksucker. We could say pussy, but we can't say retard. I know. I, and Bobby I, Lee was on the show this week, and he played a retarded Chinese guy. And Kroll had to come up with a different saying, so we called him a frittata. A fr- he just said frittata. A Chinese frittata, yeah. I love retard. the word retard. I fight for it on stage. I've defended the word retard. But why? I don't. I mean, not saying why, but why not retard? Like, what is the problem? Because it hurts retard's feelings. Now, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I've had this conversation really? over and over again. Okay. No, I mean, not really. I mean, only in the sense that I'll get emails, because here, here's how it's been addressed to me retarded mm-hmm. is derogatory okay and the the fact is that they they're not called retarded anymore they were called retarded at now one it's point. special needs right special needs developmentally disabled okay. intellectually challenged I, I mean there's a lot of things i've heard i don't know what i haven't gotten the breaking press on what is appropriate to call uh people but retarded isn't one of them but it's the simplest it's simple and it's it's something it's a word we grew up with, but I think it really I think what I learned was like I got a a letter from some uh, developmentally disabled parents. Okay, the, and they'd grown they this kid was an adult, and 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 I guess it's just it's hurtful because what it really means culturally is like retarded when you call somebody retarded is that you're actually calling them. 
this uh, you're you're it's derogatory for a, a fairly horrible thing. Yeah, yeah, something that was probably not controlled by the parents or anything like and, that. And and it just has become it just means stupid. Yeah. So what I guess what they're fighting for is that you know these people are 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 people and mm-hmm. they have these special needs and some of them have their you know their own gifts and their own talents and this that, and the other thing and the, the word retard just makes them all just stupid. Yeah. So I, and I, it lumps them all together as a as a, a stupid. But it's such a great word. It is, and and I love saying it. And it ends in a consonant, <laughs> which is always funny. Does it, is that on the board? No, saying retard. No, we just we said retard, and then they were like, can't, "Wait, that's we can't." That's you know. Can I call him a dumb cock? Yeah, dumb cock would be fine. <laughs> D- Chinese dumb cock, and Bobby would have no problem with that. Bobby would be flattered by it. You call me dumb cock? Yeah. You know, he he extra retarded it, too. Oh, bit, his, bit his tongue. You know. Oh, really? Was he good? It was, like, perfect for Bobby because, you know how he doesn't like to mention when he's on stage that he's uh, Korean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he got a, he epped a, he extra'd up the Korean, extra'd up the retard. It was right up his wheelhouse. And did he do... He was funny? He was very funny, yeah. Oh, I got to watch that one. So now, my problem is, is that I wouldn't intellectually condescend to the show out of... of because I would think it's stupid. I just am not a sports guy in yeah. any real way. Well, it doesn't matter um, because we, the show as it's, as it's gone on, we've only done six episodes, so I mean, I, I can't wait to see what happens later on. But um, it, it, it's we put ourselves in situations that are you know funny situations that have nothing to do with football whatsoever. How much of it is improvised? Because I was told, I guess I was talking to Crow or somebody, that you do a sort of pseudo-improvisation It's. Thing. I would say, I would put it at 80%. But there's an outline. There's never any direct lines. There's no script. You say this, now you say that. I mean, there are some suggestions in the outline of like, right. hey, if you want to mention this or that. There's basically point A, a starting point, and the end point, point B, and however you get there is kind of up to you. So that seems to be the way a lot of TV shows are going. And a lot, I mean, I like working like, like that. I mean, when I had Kroll in here or when I'm in a... It's it's exciting, but you've really got to sort of lock in. I mean, do you find yourself locked into a character or are you just acting like Steve? Well, I think it's a blend that's a hybrid of the two. The character is very similar to who I am. He's married. He's got a baby. He's trying to act responsible. But he really is no kind of like you are. I mean that that's yeah. You. I'm, well, it's it's very close to who I am. I, I, I otherwise it's not acting. And then I <laughs> oh, so you're just saying <laughs> yeah. I got to put it on my resume, Mark. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> otherwise it's not. I I can't just you, you know. Can't say I'm not a Kardashian. You know right, what I'm right, saying? They're not yeah. just following me around with a camera. But they right. could. They really right. could. In essence, they could. Well, you seem to be on a, a fairly uh, good trajectory. I don't even know where the fuck you came from. I came from quite... New York. I came from but New like, York. I mean, I've been doing comedy, and, and somehow or another, I've been doing a comedy a long time, but maybe I missed a year, because I got out here, and, there's, yeah. and there you are. Steve Renazzi's, he's great. And I'm like, he is funny. Where the fuck did he come from? Yeah, well, you went away for a while. I know, but I was in New York. I, I kind of look at you like you were the captain in a mafia, and then you got pinched and went away for six or seven years, and then you came back, <laughs> and now it's like, hey, I don't shine shoes anymore, Mark, yeah. you know? And you're like, who the fuck is this? And I'm like, look, here's a deal. All right, I'm not up to your status yet, uh-huh. but I'm going to be there soon. So What's watch it? your fucking back. What my status? You want to get your own garage? <laughs> get your own set of mics? Oh, yeah, I have a condo in Sherman Oaks, and one day I'll have my own goddamn garage. That's right. You can yeah. put mics in your garage. <laughs> I put mics and expensive equipment that will surely be ripped off. But where, you know, I've looked at this neighborhood when I pulled up. Yeah, no, I, I had. Which it's, way did you come? Up I, York? I, yeah, if you come up York, York it's yeah. scary. If it you come up the Colorado. barrio down, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, we just got to know, you know, I got an alarm. Just give the exact address right now. I, that I, way someone I just get it over with. <laughs> no, it, it was robbed once and I... Was it really? Yeah, and I, I we put an alarm in like that'll help. 
all that does is give the guy a little more sense of urgency. Like he's like, okay, yeah. I've got 15, 20 minutes <laughs> to be annoyed by yeah. this noise before the cops show up. Yeah. If they show up. My car got robbed the other day. What you? knocked at the window. And- that used to happen in New York every other week. When I lived in New York, they break in, like Louis used to do a joke about it. It's like they broke in just because they could, because there was nothing in it. Yeah. They were like, fuck you. I got my car broken in in Brooklyn, and it was the like two days after my birthday, and I have that aunt that gives me the worst pre- presents ever. She gave me, like, I, my birthday's July 4th, so she gave me, like, turtlenecks for the winter and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Nobody was wearing turtlenecks. The guys went through my car, stole my radio, but left the bag with the brand new clothes, <laughs> with the receipt. Like, they either had so much respect... For the for the lack of of uh, of you know fashion right. that they just were like we can't I, I won't even return these clothes right, to try right. to get cash back for it or maybe they were just sort of like these are presents yeah I didn't come take on. the guy's presents you're like, some frittata probably bought these for these this guy's probably a frittata <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he needs his turtlenecks the guy's had a tough enough life as it is so let's go back so you started as a bar mitzvah dancer let's no, go- it was a high school job. Yeah, it was like one of those things. Like, but I'm not clear what the job. Okay, is. all right. So on Long Island, where I grew up, they had, you, which town? Smithtown. Not a Jewish town. Not a, well. There were Jews, but there it wasn't like a wasn't like a Levitown town. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, so I grew up, and then uh, I would go to like these, you know, the bar mitzvahs and and sweet sixteens. They were all very popular. And then uh, I got a job with this DJ friend of mine, and I would go and. Uh, Kind of like he would do the DJing stuff, and I would grab the mic, like an MC kind of thing, and like, right. all right, everyone up, let's go, let's dance. You and where do you clap in your hands? Grab the old lady. You know, you start with the old people first, and then, you know, you work your way younger. Would you say that's your first job in show business? That was my first, yeah. That's, were, you, were you getting laughs? I didn't really try to get laughs. I was getting laughs. I think people were laughing at me. Right. And not really with me. But, uh, yeah, it was fine. It was fun. It paid a decent amount. It was like 15 bucks so an hour. So you were like the party starter. Yeah, the party starter. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> it's the party starter. Steve, wait, I think you should uh, call your first CD that. Yeah, Steve, the party starter, run is easy. <laughs> I'll put that on a T-shirt. Yeah, put that on your resume. Oh, my God. Is it, no, actually, isn't Darren Carter the party starter? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, is he? Darren Carter, the so party starter. There's already yeah. a guy. There is a party starter already. He's a red-haired guy, right? Yeah, yeah, red-haired That's comic. what he calls himself? Darren Carter, the party starter. Now, did, I don't know if he refers to himself as that. He might, but I know that's what people call him. Did uh, But didn't you enter another profession and then come around to comedy? Yeah. Well, I went to college for for drama, and then I graduated. You did? Yeah, yeah. You studied drama. Studied drama four years. Really? What, yeah. what college? SUNY Oneonta. Really? Yeah. Was, for some reason, I like. First, I've had I created a backstory for you. What was? I don't. Yeah, I want to hear it because I, I don't. really you're know asking, you. It's funny how you ask me a question, I answer it, and you're like, "Really? <laughs> like, like, like you want just want the answer that you have in your mind already?" Here, here's my vision of, of, okay. of this is. You have to understand, most of my okay. visions are built out of resentment initially. Right, I, I construct fine. a personality for somebody. I'm like. In my mind, it's like he was like had a Spielberg's red... kid, right? Yeah, right. No, I, no, 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 oh. no. I didn't go that way. I went the other way. It's like he was probably the funny guy at the office. Yeah, and you know he won a contest, and now he's got a TV show. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's what resentment I... right there. No, but I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, now, no, it's fine. We're, we're here to learn about you. I was the funny guy in an office at one point, but you did go to school for theater. I which did go to school for at theater. At some point in time, you uh, you had to be backstage wearing an outfit you didn't really want to be in, doing a show you didn't want to do, hanging around with with gay people and sexually confused people. Very and, sexually and, confused, and you probably sang. I did say I All did right, damn so, Yankees like, and Pippin and see, now I know, like, Guys now, and Dolls. Now you're now I understand you better and I feel better about you. But the thing is though, I, I enjoyed doing it. I didn't I didn't resent it at all. Well I just pictured you sort of like a guy guy like sports and I'm I played a- sports in high school and then but I enjoyed doing that too. Like I would do both things. I was the kind of guy that can like 
blend in with any group. I would yeah. smoke cigarettes, so I was cool hanging out with A lot of us pit. did that, I think, comics. Yeah, I you still could, played sports, yeah. but then, you know, it was kind of uh, all over the place. But didn't your sports friends say, uh, well, you're a fag. What was your singing thing? Yeah, they were. They would rip me a little <laughs> bit, but I was good. So, oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was good. So, they so was kind of like, you know, they were like, oh, this guy's, you know, it's like watching a, a movie. Yeah, they, you know? <laughs> they had to respect you. Yeah, they had, a, they had you know, it wasn't like I was... Because you're a real song and dance man. Yeah, I wasn't a frittata up there, yeah. you know. <laughs> you don't want to be a frittata Mm-mm-mm. when you hang out with jocks. Not at all. So, then you go, so you leave So, then college, I graduated college. And your parents just, you know, convince you that there's no future. Yep, get a safe job. Right. And then I went to, uh, I worked in Merrill Lynch. For a year and a half, as an accountant or a broker, no, I was an account manager, which basically meant I was the liaison between the brokers and the clients. I would take people out to lunch, take people out to dinner. You party know. starter, sort of the party starter of Merrill Lynch, yeah. <laughs> Until our building got hit with a plane, and oh, Christ. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the party ended right there. That's uh, yeah, yeah, that's where the part. I worked on the the fifty fourth floor of the second tower. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, did you evacuate that day? I yeah, I was there, and then the first tower got hit, and we were like you know jostled all over the place, and then the port authority came on the loudspeaker, and they were like, "Hey, uh, explosion in Tower One. Um, things are being taken care of. Everyone remain where you are. Stay calm. We're we're figuring things out." And uh, I was like, "Well, I'm going to go check this thing out." So I went downstairs, walked outside, uh, saw all the pandemonium, and then about five or six minutes later, and then it just bang. While you were standing right there, well, it was like underneath the giant overpass that was overhanging. Oh that was right by, and, uh, and all your coworkers were upstairs. Yeah, but I, 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 you know, I don't know. I couldn't tell exactly where it went in, so I had no right. idea. Right. So I called up to the office, and they were like, it was pandemonium. Like we're on our way down, we're on our way down, and then I just started fucking booking it oh my god and i got to about west broadway when i stopped and uh caught my breath and then they watched the second tower fall our tower fell first it did yeah yeah the second one that got hit was the first one to fall and then because it was the impact was lower so there was more weight on top i think is where the way it was described to me yeah, well, there's a lot of people that listen to my podcast who would say- uh, That well, the government want, did it. Yeah, you want to know the real truth. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, the government did it. But you were there and you saw all that in, in like- uh, I, We had no idea. I Literally, as far as that's concerned, I had no idea what was going on till three hours into it. I just thought it was two drunk idiots. I didn't couldn't tell the size of the planes or anything like that. I just was. You like, thought really it was two drunk idiots, like they were up there. The going, second oh, time, well, they yeah. This. The second time, I was like, "Well, I something's going on here." But I it, like it did not dawn on me that well, you must have been in fucking shock. I mean, for fuck's sake! I mean, walking how- across the Brooklyn Bridge, like it was a literally hundred thousand people. Oh, this is the best. Before that, I, a cab pulls up and. I'm like, all right, I'm out. Let's go. And he's like, $500 to Brooklyn. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I can only make one trip out. They're shutting the island down. And these two brokers got in and jumped in the car and took you off. You paid it? I didn't pay it. I was like, I've, what? I'm, $500? I'm an accounts manager. I'm a yeah, party starter. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm the party starter. <laughs> you guys pay. I'll sit in the front seat and tell some jokes. <laughs> but oh yeah, my. I was like, even in, even in times of... Of strife, it's <laughs> how, still. How just... much did it fuck you up? I mean, mentally, because my ex-wife was down there. She worked close by. Yeah, and she was traumatized. I mean, outside of being married I had problems. to me, I still had dreams of like you know those falling dreams. My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, worked on the twenty-fourth floor, and I didn't know where she was for like seven hours, six hours. No way. And what happened was, I got I'd walked home and then got to my apartment, caught my breath, you know, watched the news, and then about. 
three, an hour goes by, two hours, no her. And I'm like, oh, I now I have to call her parents and tell her she's dead. And uh, she comes walking to the door. What happened was she was on the subway in, and she was underneath the water. So because the, the Trade Center was the first stop in, in Manhattan, they uh-huh. had to back out all the subways. So she hadn't even gotten to work yet. She was stuck in the subway Thank underneath. Thank God. They didn't even know what was going on for oh my hours God. and hours and hours. And they had to back out every subway. So it took forever. And uh, we went up to the roof of our building. We smoked a joint and then decided we were going to leave. I'm like, let's go do. Looking at a smoking lower there Manhattan. There were pieces of paper by my apartment in Brooklyn that had like Canna Fitzgerald fucking uh I was on the roof head. of my apartment in Queens. Were you really? Yeah. I mean, and when, you could see everything, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, what I remember about that day more than anything else is it was fucking clear and beautiful. It's a beautiful day, unbelievable. Not and a sound. No, they shut everything down. There was not a fucking sound. Yep. And it was horrible yeah. because the woman who lived upstairs for me, uh, she was killed, and you know, I. It, it was just it was awkward and horrifying you know because like that day i didn't know what was going on and then as news can't start coming and when i literally turned my computer on the first tower had already fallen and i was like was this the joke i mean i couldn't even process it really yeah and then i went upstairs and you just saw just this smoke yeah and then i watched the second tower go down on tv and uh and then my ceiling started leaking so I, I went upstairs and I'm like, what, what's going on? I mean, can you fix your fucking... And then they were all sort of like waiting to hear about the, their mother. Oh, my God. And I thought I'd like, shut you I'm so I'm sorry like, you, to hear about this. It's all right. I, I can, it's okay. No, but you still got to get this. You don't want to... I mean, <laughs> no, that's damage. Water like, damage in this mold. And then now who dies? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, 20 can years later. we think about the future yeah. a little bit? <laughs> so literally, you're smoking a joint on your apartment looking at the smoldering you, yep. pit that was the World Trade Center. Yep. And you're like... We got to go. I'm like, this is just, you know, it's like, was, I, was I it, played on a, on a, they had this urban professional basketball league thing, and uh, was uh, six guys out of the 10 on my team died. There oh were like God. five of them were canner guys that just had, they had no shot. You know, that I mean, that was, they were at the floors of impact. It was just, you know, oh, it's horrible. It's just awful. So was this, was this also the the moment you decided to do comedy or had you already been I doing I've been doing stand up like at uh, this club, uh, I'm sure you know it, New York Comedy Club. Oh, Al Martin. Yeah. yeah. That's a and classy then Steve joint. Aaron's that guy over there who would, uh, this giant, uh, creepy gay guy, bear gay guy. Yeah. yeah. Who would call me at three in the morning to write material. With and then me. let me just preface to my fans. Not all gay people are creepy. That was not derogatory. Or towards, bears. Towards gay people. But, but Steve's a little creepy. Because yeah. he looks at, he's got those eyes like, huh? Yeah, he is a, yeah, he's a stream. He would be creepy if he wasn't gay. Yeah, he would just be a weird guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, that's where I did the majority of my stand. And then I, once in a while I went to Boston Comedy Club. When that was bombed. still open. Well, that's, yeah. well, that's interesting because that's probably why I never came in, across you because at some point I said, I don't have to go to New York Comedy Club. Yeah, no, I get, I, that was the only place that would let me in. So I was like, I have to go to New York Comedy Club. Yeah, I mean, Club. it's not horrible, but it's just like the mic's always broken. The place is always a fucking zoo. Yeah. And then they built that one room that Which was the is size like a of closet. a closet. It is. I've, every, both times I played there, I almost got in fist fights. And I'm not a fist fighting person. And it's not, it's not like you can even have anything to separate you. It's if you impossible. get into a fist fight in a closet, you're probably going to end up either hitting someone or getting hit. Yeah, with something. Yeah. Maybe in your own hand. Yeah. But, because literally, the it, the depth of the room was two rows. Yep. And then it just spread out to and the sides. And it was sides. like a train. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yep. But you've, uh, you've got- But I'd like to thank them for letting me go on stage. <laughs> yeah. Thank well, you, you should, so much, Because I, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of people <laughs> listening to this. He might even listen to it, and, and now I feel bad for calling him creepy, but he knows he's creepy. Yeah. At some level, he has to be introspective about that. And now, like, you're the- It's funny, because we seem to follow each other a lot at the comedy store. Yeah. And I give the, uh, the version of marriage that- <laughs> 
is completely bitter and horrible, and then you come up and give the sort of more uh, less bitter, less horrible, still married version. Yeah, you do the HBO version, and I'm more the Everybody Loves Raymond version. Right, like, with, you know, with jerking off. Yeah, you're like, I don't know how this thing's going to end. <laughs> I may not even make it. And then I'm like, look... <laughs> we have we. I hate her. She hates me. But at some point, we'll we'll get through this. Yeah, you know? exactly. And now you got a kid in the mix. How old's the kid now? He's all, he's eleven months today. Actually, and how's, today. How's, see, like you know, I'm uh, I've talked to the, about this to some people. Like I never sit. I never ever hear myself say to myself, "I wish I, had I wish a kid. had a kid." Yeah. Did you want one? Um. Yeah, I've always wanted. I. I've no. I no. I can't say I've always wanted. <laughs> She's one. not listening. It's not. A, no, she'll never listen to it. <laughs> Uh, she, uh, I, I've known she's always wanted one. I've never been opposed to having one. That's a good answer. If we never, if we never had one, I don't know what would have happened, but I'm, I'm happy that we did. You got siblings with kids? No. My brother's a Roman Catholic priest. He just got ordained. And, uh, wow, I, some I family. Hoped it. Yeah. And my sister just got engaged last week. So she's she younger than the kids. Yeah. She's two years younger than I am. A Roman Catholic priest. My brother's a Roman Catholic and, Where and a lawyer. Where the fuck is that material, Steve? It's it's in there. You know what it is? I'll say I'll tell you this. Um I feel my brother is the best person I know. Yeah. Overall, so I I feel bad if I make jokes about it, but there are jokes there. But can, I can, can do that on I I can make them about myself. Right. Can't you do it in, in, in the jokes being based in your relationship yes. with him and yeah. how you feel about yourself? Yes. And and you haven't done that yet. I I I try. I here and there. Yeah, I have to come to grips with it myself. He just became ordained, so it's sort of like our the nature of our relationship has changed. It has. Yeah. Now, do you, does he cross you when he's when you're done talking? No, no. I, but I have skyped with him and asked to do confession. <laughs> no, you have not. Yeah, j- but not the, because I'm religious. I just want to see if he'll do it. Of course, and he'll do it. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. No, has, no. I think he said he wants to see if like face to face. But he said he'd take your confession. He said, look, if you want to give me a confession, I'll take a confession. It's not a big deal. So you got to go in the booth with your brother and then maybe say something like, I, I've hated my brother for so many years. I could do that. Or I could talk about, you know, hookers or, you know. Right. Did he, did you, you now he's older? No, he's younger than I. He's, he's younger 25, than you. yeah. Did you used to beat up on him? Yeah. I mean, we were regular brother, brother. But now you're not anymore. He's a priest. Yeah. Now it's, yeah. Now what happened? That's saying so I'm saying I have to wrap my head around the nature of our relationship now. The dynamics changed. You have to go confess to your brother. Yeah, I do. Does he have a a diocese or a church or whatever? Uh, Oh well, right now he's living in the Vatican. He's been there. He studied. He's living in the Vatican. He studied for five years in the Vatican, and now he'll next June he'll be coming home to get his own diocese. Well, not diocese, his own parish in Rockville Center. So by being ordained, does everyone have to go through that? No, that's like basically they're grooming him to To run the joint. Oh yeah, yeah. That's big business, Catholic Church. They need a new business model. They he and he's very um, as progressive as the Catholic Church can get. Which means what? Which means look, some people are going to use rubbers. No, I think it's. I don't know. I mean, I, I've are had talks with him. I've you... had talks. No, no, no. I'm just trying to. I I've had talks with him about. There's still the you know the and the pro pro life situation is one thousand cemented yeah. and. Uh, and you know, cheating on your wife is still frowned upon. Well, of um, course, when no no religion's going to say it's fine. When, to fuck when is everybody. that coming? It's not it's coming. coming. <laughs> no, that's that's one thing they're designed to keep in check is people's oh, really? moral, personal moral lapsing. Okay, I mean, like if if no one had any shame about that, we'd have chaos. Yeah, but then some people would argue with me. But wouldn't we have freedom? I guess. Yeah, we would have freedom and choices. Well, the idea about that is, is I like, tell that to your girlfriend or wife. Yeah, this is the new way, baby. I mean, we can. I know. You can go do it too. Fuck you. I know. You get. Yeah, 
But um, what would you care if your ex-wife, when you guys were together, had sex with someone else? If you can have sex with other people? Well, I had this. I had this joke where I said that I. I um I don't know if you ever heard me do it that I, I actually was a jealous person and then I, I cured my jealousy with mathematics because I figured that me and my wife had had sex like probably a thousand two thousand times okay all in all so if she went and fucked somebody once I'm still winning yeah but I I think that and plus on top of that out of the thousand or the two thousand let's say two thousand probably ten of them were rocking her world so right. the chances of this guy going one for one. And rocking her rock world, but, world but, then, but then you have this sort slim. of like complete stranger factor, which could add to the rockage. I mean, you know, some, that's true. Yeah, so he has an advantage in that aspect. In, in that, yeah. like, you know, he, if he, he's got one shot at this, yeah. Well, she ended up with the guy. I think she was fucking before. You know, she left me, but I, I but I don't have any verification. Okay, on that. I don't want any lawsuits. But <laughs> what, the question was, would I mind if, if would, a, she, would an open relationship work? Would have would it have worked for you? Not a fucking chance. No, you. You know, I'll I'll say this. I'll say yes because of this, and because I know she'll never do it. <laughs> I swear to God, I know she'll never do it because oh, yeah. my wife is not the kind of person. Like I, I, I how said is she before, not going to resent I, you? I can tell you this right now. Yeah. I could go out, and I'm not kidding you, Mark. I yeah. could go out, meet a girl, right, that's semi attractive, have sex with her, and literally snap her neck and bury her in the desert, and never think twice about it. Go to sleep like a baby. You could. I could do that. Are you sure you want to say that on tape? I'm not saying I've done anything like that before. I'm just saying I know that I have that kind of. I, I there's no connection with me whatsoever. But you just I like, could have sex with a girl and never think about her ever again. Okay, I understand that part, but the part about snapping her neck and burying her in desert. I'm, I was trying to just give. I was trying to go to the extreme of like how serious I am but about one, the, one, the non-connection. Uh, yeah, but on one level you're just a guy. The next level you're a murdering sociopath. So yeah. I mean, I think we can draw a distinction. Right. Between... So there's somewhere there's a gray area in there, and that's where I am. <laughs> But the point is, my wife, I know that she, there's no, there's no, she cannot just, she wouldn't be able to. So I would say yes, Knowing in the it. hopes that she would never actually fall but, but, through on it. But I'd be going, I would, I would fall through on it every day. Right. But I understand that. But the risk of that being is that women, uh, a lot of times in the scenario you're painting, is that they, if you're going to do that, then, you know, the possibility of them developing an emotional connection, which is actually more scarier. Yeah. Because I believe that's what happened to me. Yeah, is that you know she may may not be. It, we get all hung up on sex because it's all about our pride and about mm-hmm. our, our our masculinity. But it, they if they find a shoulder to cry and you're fucked. Yeah, that's I mean, it. It's, they're not sitting around going like I'm hungry for cock. No, they're saying that he doesn't pay enough attention to me. Yep, he's out and fucking th- other girls. Yeah, so <laughs> there that. <laughs> Someone, I wasn't yeah. doing that, but 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 yeah. but either way, I just read this article in the New York Times. I'm halfway through it. It was devastating. Uh, about a couple, uh-huh. New York Times Magazine cover story. Do you know the New York Times? Is yes. It? Okay. Thank you. I have it on my. I swear to God, I have the app on my iPhone next to iFart. <laughs> I, it's one next to another. So I, I've been reading it a lot lately because I've I've detached from everything that uh, that means anything other than what's in this garage <laughs> okay. right now. But I'm reading this cover story, and it's about this couple that had a reasonable marriage. They were both, you know, doing okay. They had two kids, and the woman decides she wants to, you know, I guess write an article on couples counseling. I'm making it a better marriage. So they, it's about her and her husband, and her dragging her husband through all these different sort of therapies and counselings and stuff. And it seems like that it's destroying the marriage. Mm-hmm. And it was bringing up all these things about, you know, what intimacy is. And to be honest with you, I've been married twice. And I don't know that I could define it. I don't know what the hell I want out of a marriage. Like, you know, everyone just sort of like, and I think what she was basically saying is, you think it's what you should do. You know, we do it. We're married and we get along okay. And then when you start getting into the nuts and bolts of things and, you know, you know why this is this or what I'm not getting or what you're getting or what she's getting, 
it it really gets complicated and and I really realized after I read it that I don't know what the fuck I no. want. Do you know what the fuck you want? Not on an, every day it changes. It changes every day. Every like, day it changes. Like I, I just I, it's it, it almost seems impossible on some level. You know what I, I like? I'll tell you what I like. And this may be what I want, but it's right now what I like. I like that I have a team. I like that these people this woman and this child are on, no matter what happens during the day, I go home and they're on my team. So it's sort of like I now, I'm not alone drifting out there. We I have a boat with two other people on it that, you know. Well, that's a nice way. Yeah, because I felt like that I was definitely, we had two teams. There was yeah, her you, team and yeah. my team, mm-hmm. which makes it difficult. <laughs> it makes it a lot harder. But it, but it's interesting because you're always competing. Yeah. yeah which, <laughs> so your drive was there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes drive... I become complacent because I know I can fall back on my team. Right. No, my drive was definitely... I drove it right out. Mm-hmm. Was, that's how good my drive was. You drove it I, to the airport. I won. <laughs> God <laughs> damn sucks. it. But uh, but I haven't been festering on that lately. As you can tell on stage, right, that I'm better? I've, I've seen a difference, especially since you come back. Yeah, I feel better. I feel better. But you know what I think helped? And I'm sure people know that I think the one man show probably helped, right? Definitely. It was cathartic for you? Yeah, I had to get it out. Yeah. And I had to get it out in a public way so I could uh, you know, vi- you know, hurt her vicariously. Mm-hmm. Like because part of the agenda was not only to get it out, but not to I felt that I wasted the time, but also to speak my own piece. And I wasn't you know, hard on her. I was more hard on myself. But yeah, something helped. I mean everything fades in time. Yeah. But um I guess the other question I have then, like because I there there would be another resentment point, and mm-hmm. it was probably within me in in my thinking about you was that I never really thought beyond stand up. Of course, I had dreams of being an actor and this that, and the other thing, but I always wanted to be a great stand up. Whereas, uh-huh. was your intention always to get into movies and television? Um, yeah, my intention was to act, and then I I went to see when I was living in New York or after college, I went to see Jay Moore at Caroline's, and uh, about halfway during the show, I turned to my uh, that's me. I turned to my um, wife and I go, I think I could do that. Yeah. And she goes, what do you mean? I'm like, I think I could do what he's doing right now. And she's like, really? And then about a couple of months later, I kept talking about it. And she signed me up for an open mic in New York Comedy Club without telling me. Right. And then brought me there and I went on stage and started doing it. And then the owner, the guy, what was his name? Whatever his name was, came over to me Al and Martin. said, yeah, hey, that was okay. Um, why don't you come back next week and do six minutes? And I said, I can't do it. He goes, why not? I'm like, well, I've never... Took me forever to write these three minutes. I didn't know you could do the same material again. Right. So, and then he explained it to me, and then I started. You know, I kind of got bit by the bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was a way for me to perform without being in a play or being in a movie or or anything like that every single night on my on my own terms. Yeah. So you already had sort of uh you know an acting education in place, but because I watch you and I don't get the feeling that you don't love doing comedy or that you're not a real comic, but the fact yeah. that you don't, you know, that you have, you're, you're much smarter than some people, I'm myself included, <laughs> where you were diligently trying to make headway in the business and get out and find good representation because that was the primary objective. Yeah. I mean, there was a time in my life where I'd be like, you know, fuck that guy. He didn't, he doesn't have any respect for comedy. He's just <laughs> using it to be in yeah, show to business. Yeah, catapult himself to another thing. <laughs> yeah, in show business. That was yeah. back when I made this separation. Like, you know, we should be real comics and only, you know, be destined to a life of solo sadness on the road. You know how I can tell I enjoy doing it? Because even when I'm working, even yeah. I'm working like 12, 14-hour days, I still come up after that and come up and try to do a spot. Yeah, you got to. And also, it's like, you know, especially when you work at the store, which is where you primarily work and where I've been working and I have history there, is that you know, that's where your friends are. Yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing about the store, and that's what I love about it. As creepy and weird and dark as it is, that... 
they, it is it operates outside of show business. It's actually like a vacation. Like here you are doing a real show and real show business, and you know you can go to the store and it's like another planet. Yeah, yeah. You there's don't have no, to worry about anything. You say whatever you want. You know, there's no industry there ever. There's no, ever. <laughs> you know that if you stole something, no one's going to find out. You yeah, know, like it's yeah. fine. Every it's it's just a it's, it's a our church, of, and you can yeah. go confess your sins exactly. to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think you really got to call your brother about that, uh, the lack of conscience and, you know, breaking a girl's neck and burying her after you fuck her. I think that... That's something I have to bring up? I, I think that's where you start with your brother. Yeah. You say, I got a confession to make. I believe that I could... I'm capable of doing something like that. What do I do now? Yeah, I'd like but, to see I it. mean, how many Hail Marys do you say on that one, though? You'd have to pr- pretty much say them every day, I think. I don't I, know if but I, I do that. I don't believe that you could do that. No. No. I don't you don't think it. I can do that? Kill someone? Yeah. And I don't care about it. I like to believe I could. Well, yeah, I know that, that's very interesting. But okay, well, just think about this because because I, I I know you a little bit. So mm-hmm. so you've done it. Okay. All right. And then like think about like here here's where I think you would maybe morally or emotionally you could handle it. But you're like fuck. Did I leave the shovel? I think I left the shovel. That's it. yeah yeah yeah. I'm I, worried about DNA. Did anyone catch me? Did was was our picture taken at that gas station? Yeah. You but would, that's why I know where I would do it. What do you mean where you would do it? I know where I would do it. You have a plan. <laughs> I don't have lime in my trunk right now, but I have. A, I know where I'd bury the body, in the Mojave Desert. Sure, no one's ever done that before. <laughs> That's a good plan. I think you should just put her upstairs at the comedy store. Just wrap her up <laughs> and find one of those weird rooms. I'll up put there. her. I'll put her in, in Polly's t-shirt box because oh. God knows that hasn't been opened up in years. All right, man. Well, I think we've covered what we need to cover. I appreciate it. This it was, was fun. great. It was great. And I'll uh... maybe you can get a little less comfortable chair next time. There you can, this, well, I tried to make it as uncomfortable as possible, so it's, it's not like, like you a, might as well have an electric chair and some strobes coming out of my head. Look, it was all thrown together out of no. It's fine. It's really nice. Yeah. Do you want a book? Um. Do you need anything? I, I want a ne- copy of your book. I never read your book. I will give you a copy of my book. Okay. Cool. All right. Thanks, Steve Ren is easy. The show guys. is the league, and uh, you can also see him soon on the road or at the comedy store. Thanks a lot for coming. Let's read some emails. Let's break these into categories. These are quickies. How about some quickies? Here we go. From Mike. Hey, Mark. My wife recently turned me on to WTF. I think you should call all of us what the fuck heads. I don't really know why. I just I just think it sounds better. I hope your balls drop soon. Mine just did, and it's awesome. Mike, a.k.a. Big Fat Country. Thank you, Mike. Congratulations on the ball dropping. Uh, good for you, you what the fuck head. All right, another quick one from Don. Hey, Mark, love the podcast. I was traveling and working in Vancouver, Canada and decided to get a haircut in the Chinatown area. I don't really know why, but I was there. The guy cuts my hair for $6 and in parentheses poorly and then starts vigorously vacuuming my head to the point of it starting to hurt. What the fuck is that about? Why would you have a vacuum there in your barber shop? He didn't speak any English, so it was one of those moments. Do you get up and leave? I sat there and took the vacuum treatment. Don in Australia. Don, you know, that's a tough call. I mean, you were in a situation where you're like, maybe it's customary in barbershops in China for them to vacuum the head thoroughly after they're done. Or perhaps he saw, maybe that's a dandruff. I don't know. But, you, you know, you you manned up and you took it. And, I, and I, I bet you on some level, you'll never have an experience like that again in your hair and your scalp probably felt wicked clean. I've been in China, though, 
And I can be quite honest with you. I saw them cutting people's hair on the street. I saw people getting haircuts on bicycles in China. You go to China and Beijing, there are types of bicycles you never thought you would see. There are three-wheeled bicycles. There are five-wheeled bicycles. There are bicycles with, with cabins on them. There are bicycles that, are, are, that have several stories of, uh, of a trailer on them. And there are people getting their hair cut in bicycles. So you got an upscale Chinese haircut, my friend. Upscale. Okay, this one's uh, a little longer. This guy goes on a bit. This guy, Bob. And he says, uh, it seems that every comedian you have on your podcast is someone that you've known for some time. Makes sense. You've been doing stand-up for a long time, and it stands to reason that you would have crossed paths with every major or minor player in the stand-up community. However, I've noticed that when you sit down with one of these folks, the conversation turns to how when you met your comedian guest at first, you didn't get along with them. Why is that? Is it tied to your past issues with drugs slash alcohol? By the way, congrats on sobriety. Very admirable. Anyway, were your negative first interactions with other comedians a symptom of your addiction or perhaps professional jealousy slash competitiveness or maybe just a symptom of your contrarian attitude? Well, Bob, the answer to that is yes, yes, and yes. All right. Do we have a fucking problem? Seriously, do we have a problem? Are we okay, Bob? No, I don't mean that in a, like a negative way. Are we okay? No, no. I mean, I okay, you seem like a good guy. But are we seriously? Why? What do you what do you think I'm an asshole? You see, that was the kind of thing I used to do. And uh, how'd that feel to you? I don't know where it comes from. It's just a little defensive. Moving on. These are stories, and they have a similar theme. And I th- let's try to do it. Let's try to get through these, because I, I appreciate you guys emailing me. Chris, this is from Chris. Hey, Mark, had the what-the-fuck moment of a lifetime at the grocery store and had to share. So, I'm in line at the 15 items or less register for an inordinate amount of time and look forward to find the cause of delay. I spot a chubby woman using the word chubby is actually a compliment. She looked like a 10 gallon trash bag stuffed with mashed potatoes with a cart full of groceries standing near the bagging area and watch. And I watch as she smacks her lips and rolls her eyes in annoyance. First of all, she should have been killed for being in that line with a full cart of groceries. Secondly, she is pointing at a torn 12-pack of Sierra Mist and mumbling like Dustin Hoffman and Dick Tracy, which is when I realized that the bagger has been sent to fetch a pristine 12-pack of Sierra Mist. Really? The bagger returns in seconds with the soda and she yells, and I quote, you should give it to me for free because I had to wait, unquote. The bagger's face reddens in embarrassment and Jabba the Slut shoots him an irritated stare. He puts the 12-pack in her cart and my blood begins to boil as she stands motionless and gives a look to the cashier that says, well, meaning, where is my refund for the delay and mistreatment? Of course, those are my choice of words. Hers would have went something like, where my money? At this point, I had had enough. I fucking snapped and said, you're not getting a refund. And if you don't go away, I'm going to hold you while everyone in line kicks you in your fat ass for being a fucktard. Leave. Now understand I am six foot three, weigh 250 pounds and have had a head of hair like Ted Nugent. So I must have looked completely dangerous and psychotic. Fuck it. She waddled her ass out of the store post haste and I was applauded by everyone around me. I can't even describe how good that felt. So good, in fact, that I am now looking for the next opportunity to set an asshole straight. I'll probably get shot, but maybe you'll see me on the news. Parentheses, deep breath. Love the podcast and your comedy. Mr. Marin, best Chris. Chris, got, got it. I'm glad you felt good. 
Anger feels good. Justice feels good. But if I can be a little zen, if I can be a little zen, Chris, sometimes you just got to take a deep breath. And as you did at the end of this, and and ride it out with patience. But sometimes you got to do what you did. What the fuck, man? Just be careful out there when you're out there snapping in public. When you're losing your shit in public, be careful. What I want to do right now is uh, say happy birthday to one of my listeners. Uh, Nola is uh, is is turning, I don't know, how old is she turning? I didn't get that information. But happy birthday, Nola, in Kittering, Ohio. Uh, her birthday's on the 19th. And uh, her friend uh, Brendan, Brendan asked me to, uh, to go ahead and do that. So I went ahead and did it because he was very pleasant. Uh, he, was, he said, uh, basically, he said, my girlfriend got me started on you since your first show. And now we both listen to you all the time. For her birthday, I'm getting her one of your t-shirts, t-shirts which sounds low budget, I know. But we both, uh, we're both seniors in high school and I don't have a job. Uh, I was wondering if you could wish her a happy birthday on a future cast. And, and you know what? Happy birthday, and thanks for listening to me in high school. I, I am always happy when I get... I got another email here from... Uh, I don't want to say young people, but, but look, all I know is that when I was 12, 13, 14 years old, all throughout my adolescence, I always gravitated to, uh, to dark, fucked-up adults to guide the way for me. That my heroes were, you know, were comedians. They were rock stars. They were people with a history. The beatniks. They were, and they weren't even of my generation. But it just seemed that at that time, in the uh, in the late seventies and early eighties, there were still grown-ups in pop culture that were entertaining and that spoke something to to people. And it, it, I always find it very touching when when teenagers reach out to me, only because I would have when I was a kid. You know, I would have been like, you know, that guy's fucked up. That guy, like, I've I've never dealt with a grown-up that is, you know, that crazy. And, and I'd like to hear more from him. So I have a great deal of hope for these people that reach out to me who are younger. And I very much like this email. I think this really, you know, sums it up. Hey, Mark, I've been listening to your podcast from the very first episode. And I've got to say it's defined my eighth grade experience. How proud am I? I'm interjecting here. This is me, not the email. How proud am I after that opening line? Back to the email. Now, I don't know if I'm too young for this show, but what I do know is that listening to your comedy style has turned me from an innocent child to a cynical, wry, and altogether more contemptuous human being. Ah, I'm kfelling, as they say in Yiddish, the, the, uh, the language of my ancestors that I know three words of. Back to the email. My sense of humor has simply become more bitter, and I've got to say that I love it. I feel that I have found a place in my world because of this podcast, before I was making fart jokes with the rest of my friends, but this brilliant show has shown what true great comedy is like, and it seems to me that listening to this really comedic maturity, and in parentheses he says oxy, an oxymoron, no, no, not in this case, my friend, that by listening to this comedic maturity in audio form, for some reason I, for some reason, however, being a horrible narcissistic person has had a benefit on my so-called quote-unquote social standing. I never asked to be more popular, but by being basically a douche, I've been accepted more widely throughout my school. I mean, what the fuck? I became more mature, more of a jerk, more of, I guess, an asshole in search of a laugh, and I'm being rewarded for it. Heck, I was even elected student body president. What kind of fucked up youth are we raising? Myself included. Just a thought that I wanted to share with you. Thanks again for making me a worse person to others, but a better person to myself. Sincerely, Sella. 
So I, this is heartwarming. There's so much in this email that just makes me have hope, have hope. A premature bitterness, cynicism, uh, you know, lashing out. You know, sometimes that's what you need to do to get yourself a little territory. You know, one of the big issues about being in high school is that if you know, if you're if you have an undeveloped personality or you're shy or you're not that good at engaging with other people or you're you're too needy or whatever the hell it is, it could sink you and it could sink you for life. So if you're a little douchey, a little asshole, a little, you know, you got a cutting wit, it gives you a a pass, a ticket. To, to travel through all different cliques and groups because you're the funny guy. You're the, you're the smart guy. And even if you don't know what your full personality is or who you really are inside or whether or not you're comfortable, you'll get yourself some territory and some respect to work that stuff out. Comedy's interesting like that because it, it does two things. It keeps people at a distance, but it also makes them want to be around you. That sort of changed for me as the times went on, but, but I, I, I find this to be very encouraging. The other thing I really like about Sella's email is that, you know, after he says, what kind of fucked up youth are we raising? And then in the sentence before that, he uses the word heck. See, that's part of the transition. He says, heck, I was even elected student body president. What kind of fucked up youth are we raising? See, he's still in transition. You know, heck is, is the old Sella. Heck is, is the kid that didn't have a sense of humor and wasn't popular. And then what kind of fucked up youth are we raising? That's the new empowered Sella. Congratulations, man. That's all I got to say. I like this next email only because it uses words I don't, I, I didn't, uh, I never heard, and it, it's got a certain lyricism to it. Mark, what the fuck? You can be my agony fucking aunt for this one because people are douchebags, and like you, just give a fuck about what they want, not what I want. Excellent opening line, by the way. Back to the email. My friends won't come and see me and get skull faced at my house. Please, someone tell me what that means. Back to the email. All I ever do is fucking drive 45 minutes every fucking weekend to see them and make a real effort if one of them is alone and they keep going, oh, well, come up. We will. Fuck no, they don't. What the fuck is all that about? I hope because of this, Mars breaks from its orbit and destroys this evolutionary fart fuck of an insensitive hellhole planet. You're screwed up and no one likes you. So how do you deal? By the way, great fucking show. Not that you need to hear it, you egomaniac. God, you're so selfish. This is a great email because this guy is angry uh, and conflicted and, and I love it. And, and because of this one line, I hope because of this, Mars breaks from its orbit and destroys this evolutionary fart fuck of an insensitive hellhole planet. That's spectacular. Love it. An agony ant. I never heard that one. No, I don't know what that is. I don't know what skull-faced is, but I, I, I know that I'm sure I did it once or twice. Thank you very much, Ross. I appreciate it. And uh, I don't know what to tell you. How do you deal? You suck it up. You make the effort. And if they're not good friends, fuck them. But it sounds like you're a little sensitive. It sounds like you're hurting inside. And this is the manifestation of, uh, of, of sadness and, and grief and uh, a feeling of uh, betrayal and abandonment. But... Uh, I don't know if the first place to go with that is you hope the world ends. But I've been there. And you'll work through it. And maybe find some better friends. And maybe if you communicate with them in a, a genuine way genuine way, and take the emotional risk of saying how you feel, uh, maybe that'll work. I'm not sure if you speak in the same way that you speak in this email to your friends that uh, that'll necessarily uh, you know, have them running over to your house to, uh, to get skull-faced. 
But thanks for your email. All right, folks, that's the end of the show. Well, that is, this is the end of the show. I'm saying it right now. This is the end of the show. I want to thank Steve Ranazizi, and uh, I want to thank all you people for your emails. And as, as always, please go to punchlinemagazine.com and get up to speed with what's happening in the world of comedy. You can always go to WTFpod.com for all your WTF podcast needs. And if you want to send uh, donations or subscriptions, you know how it goes. Get a free T-shirt, stickers, and a postcard with a subscription for $10 a month rolling, or you can donate whatever you want. Uh, and I appreciate your support, and I hope you have a lovely weekend, rest of the week, rest of the year. If this is the last WTF you listen to, rest of your life. Talk to you later. <laughs>